Today's episode of Content Academy is brought to you by Front Row Pass. So Front Row Pass is a subscription service. And what it does is you pay the subscription monthly. It's $9.99. It's actually $9.95 a month. Um, so that's a lot less than $10, basically. Yep. And that five cents a month adds up. It really does, it yeah. Does. And so mm-hmm. you pay nine ninety five a month for front row, and you can see as many movies as you want. What? Crazy, yes. right? Any movie. Now I know all the movies you want to see. Shrek mm-hmm. one, exactly. Shrek two, whatever they're Shrek showing. Three. Whatever Puzzle they're showing. You know, yeah. Shrek four. Yeah. Shrek a shark's tail. Ice Age five. <laughs> Whatever they're showing, you know, Marvel versus DC or whatever, um, you can see it. And I know you're thinking, okay, what's the catch? Because yep. these days, I mean, gas is expensive. Movie tickets are expensive. So what's mm-hmm. the deal here? Um, the thing is you can't – it doesn't – it's not also a popcorn subscription too. Mm-mm. So that's where kind of the catch is. And also, yeah, so you have to get your own popcorn and drinks. And that's also, front bag. That's yeah, that's front bag. That's a different separate separate thing that you can add on. And also, you have to sit in the very front row of the movie yes. theater. Yes. Yeah. Which every is time. that even? I mean, that's not even like. A, I do that anyway, yeah. so this is a win-win yeah. for me. I do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's not even a con. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of it's kind of nice because um, so when you go to uh. When I go to, for example, Comic-Con, if I need kind of a break from people, I go to the uh, section where authors are trying to sell their books. And that kind of gives you a like a nice space. Nobody, nobody is there. So right. when you sit in the front row, you won't often see or be around other people. So you don't need a buffer chair for some you reason. Buffer row, baby. Yeah, exactly. For some reason. You don't have yeah. to bring your purse to the movies anymore. Yeah. Or your jacket to the movies anyway. Right. Nobody in no tall people in front of you. Yeah, because you are in front. You're the tall person yeah. in front. Yeah. Yeah. So unless there's a tall person on the movie screen. Yeah. Then they would exactly. technically they be would, in yeah. front of you. Technically in front of you. And You're um it also includes one of those travel neck pillows. Because you're gonna, you're be, gonna doing be doing a lot, a lot of neck training. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of neck. Yeah movement involved right um yeah. a little sore afterwards but it's yeah. worth it yeah so yeah that's that's front row i mean Check what else out. is there to say about it uh we have an offer code to content academy at checkout for oh. an additional five cents off so there you go so that's only 9.90 <laughs> i know yeah. now it's like why not yeah so. Yeah, and you may be wondering Check like how are how are movie theaters like gonna survive with this service? It's actually pretty cool. So movie theaters never sell those that first row of of seats anyway. So that's how they can kind of get away with it. Mm-hmm. And like Nicole Kidman already saved the movie theaters anyway. There you go. So like yeah. they're pretty good yeah, right now. Exactly. They're doing okay. So. Check out Front Row Pass. Yep. At a theater near you. Yeah. And put a pin in Nicole Kidman. We'll get back to her later in the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, it's content time again. And we have the whole crew here. We've got Riley. Hello. We've got Georgia. What's up? Georgia with her what's up. And we got Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. And <coughs> yeah. Damn it. Uh, uh, okay, wait, go back, go back, go back. And Josh. <laughs> uh, hey. Hey, nice. That's a good one. Presence. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're gonna. Both faculty is here, guys. Yeah, everybody. So we're gonna move, uh, as Kermit and Fozzie say, moving right along to the. That's right. um, yeah. So. Footloose and fancy free. Right. Tried to watch natural habitat of studio. Yeah. yeah. Tried to watch the Muppet <laughs> Show the other day. Didn't recognize any of the guests. So, <laughs> watch the Mark Hamill one and it's the Muppet Show with yeah. Twiggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So, We're on a new series now. Yes, we started yeah. a new series. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of the Muppets, so welcome. Weird jobs yeah. gone. Yeah. Busted. Yeah. Ended. <laughs> over. Busted. Yeah. Done and dusted. We're on mm-hmm. to new shit now. Yeah. That's right. It will not be on the final. So. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about movie directors. Yes. So this episode, we're going to... Yeah, so this episode, we're going to get started with Wes Anderson. Josh is going to talk to us about... (laughs) I didn't say it was going to be Wes. Anderson. (laughs) It's okay. We know that it will be, so... Um, But first, it's been a very newsworthy week, so... Very newsy week. Yeah, let's, let's. Alex, I've been dying to hear more Alex headlines. Haven't had some in a while. Oh yeah, okay. I I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice when somebody thinks of you. You know what I mean. You got a fan right here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see here. Um, this one's for all the Lord of the Rings fans. Ooh, ringheads, ringers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> ring like, what are they called? What do they call people who are fans of the movie The Ring? Uh, Ringu heads. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's weird. That's funny. Or The Ring heads. Yeah. Oh, it's specific. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so what's our what's our headline, Alex? Yeah. So, The Rings of Power, the creators, yeah. the creators of the show, promised that if you didn't like season one, you will like the next season. So. This just in, season two will be a different show. <laughs> They're just going to change it up. It's going to be like change a completely. romance called like Chicken the City or something. Because, oh, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. If you didn't like season one, you're not probably not going to like season two. Yeah. I didn't I realize mean, it was over already for season two. I know, right? Pretty weird. What, did they have like three long. episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't watched any of them. I don't have Amazon Prime anymore. I yeah. started it and gave up pretty quick. Oh, really? Uh, it's pretty slow. Uh, yeah. Well, nothing new there for Lord of the Rings. Slow burn. There was also like one of the actors or something said that like Rings of Power and House of the Dragon like feed off each other instead of competing with each other. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Hmm. What could that okay. possibly so, like, like they, They're just hyping each other like, up. Are they in the same know? universe? <laughs> <laughs> Like, no. oh, yeah, no, Mario, uh, McDonald's and Sonic feed off of each other. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. No. Still don't understand, okay. like, Josh was trying to explain to me that, like, Rings of Power 
it like it is Alex in the is same very universe, you're concerned about the, the canonicity like is it canon or not I don't understand so it has to be canon to the something look it's right? like it's canon well it's, so it's canon in the book the universe movies. it's in the book universe the actors from the movies aren't going to carry over <laughs> okay if that's what you're concerned about okay well, the, the like movies changed stuff from ago. the book mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when they first made like, what was the first like modern superhero movie like X-Men or something? Nobody was like, uh, so Spider-Man. is this canon to, yeah, Spider-Man. They were just like, it's Spider-Man. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> um, Netflix, we got any Netflix watchers in here? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Regrettably yep. so. Yep. Does anybody else have um so our Netflix like app on our TV, it lets you watch like one episode and then it crashes. Does that happen with anybody else? That sounds awful. It's bad. No. You start it and then you have five seconds before it crashes. So you have to go down to recently watched or whatever. Click on Cuphead, huh. click play, and then click skip intro. And then if you can do that within five seconds, <laughs> Netflix rewards you with a single episode, and then it crashes after that. That ah, sounds either very true. annoying or very healthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah, true. Probably. That's true. Yeah, it's like, God forbid we are able to watch something that we're paying for. Right. Anyway. Netflix. The was, ad version of Netflix. Yeah. Or is this going to be yeah your headlines? Yeah. The ad version. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. November third. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, Netflix will soon roll out its ad-supported tier, costing about half as much of a as a normal subscription. Reports say that the ads will just be parts of Stranger Things that have the kid with the weird mouth. <laughs> so they're trying to increase okay. viewership of Stranger Things. So that they can come uh-huh. out with like seasons seven through nine or something. Right. That was already like their most viewed show. You'd think they'd be trying to goose the views on like a something another show, like Dairy Girls or something. Yeah. Which third season Juice just the views. <laughs> yeah. So excited. No, I think they're they're actually their most viewed show is now Dahmer. Dahmer. It was mm. it was Squid Game and then I think oh, prior yeah. to that it was Stranger Like Stranger Things put Netflix on the map, in my opinion. Yeah. It, eh, or just map. a new black. <laughs> but like for most wide viewership, I feel like it was Stranger Things. Yeah. It yeah. just it struck a note, okay? And it started this wave of it rode the wave of eighties nostalgia. Yeah, for sure. Perfectly. Yeah. So it was just perfect yeah. timing. Yeah. But I digress. What else happened this week, Alex? But I mean that that kid does have a weird mouth. That's all like He do. I mean He do. Come on now. Mm-hmm. I love him, but he's got a weird mouth. Yep. It's endearing. <laughs> Let's see, I'm this like is him. interesting. Uh, China will lift its childbirth restrictions in the face of an aging population. No word yet on when they'll remove them, though. Dang. You're talking about like the lift, the, um, remove, child, so child they're lifting limit. them. Yeah. The limit on child. They only let they you have a child if it's uh, cute. <laughs> I think that's what the rule is. 
Okay, you can so have like, one all cute Asian child. Are cute though, so. you, they let you have, honestly. They let you have one ugly child. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but That's like it. white babies are out. Yeah. Ethnic babies are in. China's like, famous one ugly baby policy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You get they one. Have, somebody from the government comes and like pinches his cheeks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how cute. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, this is interesting. A new study reveals a staggering amount of lost fishing gear drifting in the ocean. But is it really lost if we know where it is? <laughs> yeah, it's in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> found it. Yeah, we they found it. So. Just point to the ocean. Yeah, there it is. Exactly. There it is. It's in there yeah, somewhere. Like that. Exactly. That, you know, also that means all lost shipwrecks aren't lost anymore either. That's true. true. They just in the ocean. Yeah. Also, yeah. just imagining like somebody out. fishing in the ocean and like their fishing pole gets pulled in and they just pull out a second one or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, George Clooney has dissed Trump. Did you guys hear about this? Uh-uh. I wish George Clooney would say anything about me. He's a silver fox. But, yep. <laughs> I, yeah, di- he could diss me. He, he could, could compliment me. me. Yeah, say anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to be acknowledged. He by could. George he could hold a boombox outside my house. We good. Yeah. <laughs> he could. He could say <coughs> anything. Yeah. Like literally to <laughs> yeah. you. I feel like ninety percent of the um, words that are spoken in this household, in our household, are like taken from Fantastic Mr. Fox. They were first uttered by George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, you have a platinum card? <laughs> I always had good credit. I, I do use Cluster Cuss a lot. Oh, yeah. Cluster exactly. Cuss is a yeah. classic. Yeah. The Cuss am I? So funny. You're glowing. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Don't, uh, don't try and be a Superman here. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What a good uh, voice acting. Worthy of a rewatch. Yeah. Yes. That's a good one. Let's see here. Um, Elon Musk. Seems like he's always, Uh-oh. this gentleman is always in the news. That's right. Riley said, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk says that he will keep funding Ukraine even though he's losing money. He also confirms that he will keep having a weird face, even though it's really ugly. Has anybody oh, seen his face? Money. I mean, he, come on. got to do something about that face. Oh, my uh, gosh. I think he should just start uh, wearing like a... Phantom of the Opera mask or something. <laughs> Would respect him more, honestly, yeah. if he started. Yeah. Be cool. Like some kind of, or like a Squid Game mask or something, you know? <laughs> I could take him a lot. PlayStation button symbols on it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would take him a lot more yeah. seriously, I think, if he, <laughs> if he did that. So does that mean you just take anybody like in a, like, a <clears throat> mask or helmet type thing more seriously well like, i just is daft punk like really up yeah. there for you well i just the thing is i really don't like ugly people so yeah, so yeah. just like keep that away from me exactly yeah, yeah. Huh. so it's if you're ugly it makes you have to work a lot harder for me to like i'm sorry that's terrible <laughs> i'm just kidding. i'm not being serious i love ugly people a lot of my friends are really ugly <laughs> 
kidding. You're like digging yourself into such a deeper hole. I'm just I'm I have a lot completely of ugly being friends, silly. Actually. All my friends are very handsome and I don't hold a strong opinion whether you're ugly or not. I don't know. Help me guys. Help me out here. I think I think ugly people <laughs> we don't are see ugliness in this household. Yeah. I think ugly people do tend to be evil. Yeah, from and that's just based off of you know media messages that have been fed to me since I was yeah yeah yeah. I mean, look at Henry Kissinger, especially. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look at Dick Cheney. Uh, I could go on. Silly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, Oh, this is interesting. Obama is headed to Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin as voting day nears. The vote will be over whether or not he talks really slowly. So I think it's going to be so pretty unanimous. Yeah. Well, he kind of does. He, he goes. Doesn't. He goes really fast, and then yeah. he talks slowly. That's true. It's the yeah. pauses. Yeah. yeah. Pauses. Let me be clear. The pauses bring his average down. Uh, let me be clear. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Flawless. Yeah. Uh, a new report says that Iran's celebrities will face reprisals for supporting protests. Whew, it's a good thing they won't be getting in trouble at all. <laughs> So you just don't know what reprisal means. That's that headline. This is when you come back. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate Alex's really, he always zeroes in on the weird weasel words that journalists <laughs> use. Yeah. yeah. Just say what you mean. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Don't try to juice your vocab here. Yeah. I remember I reporters t- should only get like 30 words they can use. So and so do bad things. So and so did good things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that yeah, newspaper ease should be like caveman talk, basically. Yes. I remember, like, I took a journalism class one time, and they really like zeroed in on the fact that like a comma means and. Hmm. Uh. I guess because it's like back then you had to pay like per letter or something. I don't know. That makes sense. So they were trying to shorten it. Space yeah. is also was also a concern. Oh, yeah. You only have so yeah. much space on a paper. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. You got to keep it short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like food poisoning scare sweeps city. <laughs> yeah, I like got some food got poisoned. <laughs> I feel a little nauseous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and last one here. A Stanford study suggests that human brain cells transplanted into a rat brain can influence its behavior. Yeah. It can make a rat say, man, I feel super weird for some reason. <laughs> of course it can influence its behavior. It would be weirder if it didn't. It would be weird if it didn't. Yeah. That would be a groundbreaking headline right there. Yeah. Research a rat study is totally says normal after yeah, a, human brain a rat is completely landed. normal after getting a human yeah. brain. That would be great. Rat brain cells can be exchanged one for one. Yeah, they're the exact same. That's funny. Rat eats yeah. cheese after getting human brain cells. Yeah. Oh, is it because the human liked cheese, maybe? I think to even things out, though, we should give a human rat brain yeah. cells. Oh, I mean, I figured that was... I, I thought that was... Yeah, where did the... Understood. They had to replace the cell. Somewhere. <laughs> brain yeah. swap. Yeah. A little bit. Just part of it. Yeah. New brain show on TLC. Swap. Brain swap. Yeah. Brain swap. Yep. 
that would be it. crazy. I love it. All right, that's it for the news, unless we got something else that I missed. I really hope that that study like was called Freaky Friday or it's some kind of play something. on yeah. Yeah. Some kind of scientists you know, like they body swap. I, I think that scientists like to like get funny with it. They love that because shit. like they're in the lab all day. Yeah. You get so... a little slap happy in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> lab happy. You call it to... lab happy. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. You try to yeah. spice it up as, as yeah. best you can, really. Yeah. So like being like oh so we discovered a new breed of hedgehog and its italian name will be sonic e day or something sonic yes alex exactly like that <laughs> they do that stuff though right <laughs> well it's, it's like uh, it's like the centipede that was named after taylor swift yeah you know? stuff like just, that like you keep it running. keep it light yeah and they're also just running out of names for stuff yeah to be fair yeah, yeah. There's so. only so many Latin words, and they've used them all yeah. several times already. Yeah. I don't think they even had possums in Greece. Hey. <laughs> all right. So the new series we're doing, Auteurs in Film. Speaking of Fantastic Mr. Fox. So yes. <laughs> I'll get to my choice of director in a second. Sure. So the word auteur, an auteur theory uh, this kind of came out of the French New Wave, where these French film critics started looking at movies um, which were considered, you know, purely commercial mass media entertainment at the time. And viewed through yeah. that lens, these French critics started viewing them as artistic endeavors, as the artistic vision of artists, uh, typically the director. And so it's kind of just a shift in uh, perspective of how we look at movies as okay. the as the singular vision of a director and what their you know their recognizable style throughout their movies. So the director that I chose to start the series is the ultimate director's director, Stanley Effing Kubrick. Yeah. Okay. So and. I can't really say anything new that hasn't already been said a million times about Kubrick. Uh, right. I'm just another white guy on a podcast, you know, talking about movies. So, um, but with that caveat out of the way, I have seen all of his movies with the exception of his first three, which are hard to find. Um, so I felt like he was like one of the ones that I was most comfortable talking about since I've seen all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but he is also really interesting as a director because it's a great yeah. introduction into what an auteur is exactly immediately when somebody thinks of Kubrick they think of a certain style and mm-hmm. that's kind yeah. of the modern I feel like the modern definition of auteur or when I think of auteur I think okay immediately identifiable style yes like I and know if, yeah. upon a glance who it's by Alex and if I may jump in thank you Josh <laughs> we um I mean I know this is like there's not much of a need to say this, but we really Kubrick, Kubrick really looms large over the Content Academy podcast. He does, and we like to kind of think of it as a spiritual successor to his body of work. Proof. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, um, we're we're podcasters, you know, we're content creators, but ultimately we're storytellers. Yeah, exactly. Right. And right. people say yeah. like. There are so many different, like, oh, like, man, man versus wild or whatever. 
Yeah, <laughs> man versus food, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but really, and I think Kubrick, um, I think Rubrick or whoever would approve. <laughs> Stanley Rubik's Cube. No, 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 no. I had a Rubrick on my assignment the other day. That's, that's Okay. Um, I think that he would agree that there is really only one type of story, and that's who am I. <laughs> Oh. Right. <laughs> yes. Just think of any movie. I don't know. Spirit. Stallion yeah. of the Cimarron. Yeah. Really, the story is yeah. who am I as a horse? Who am I? Yeah. yeah. Well, he is the Stallion of I? the Cimarron. I'm, it's right there. I'm yeah. a horse. My voice is Matt Damon's. Yeah. Get I off have, of my back. I am, get off my back. <laughs> yeah. I am free. The Ryan Adams yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, kills. Yeah. It didn't have to go that hard. Guys. Yeah, literally. It really didn't, but yeah. it did. I'm actually going to do a series all about just um, Spirit Sound at Cimarron. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be next. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be next. I have no idea who directed that. But... <laughs> <laughs> get ready. Saddle up. So one thing before we kind of get really into it, I was just going to do kind of a brief overview of all of his movies, how they yeah. kind of hang together. Some interesting yeah. things about them that I thought of. Um, but one thing I wanted to notice before we do that is that all of his films are adaptations. Um, and yet we think of and yet we think of him as, you know, an auteur with a singular vision when Very original original movies, hugely yeah. original movies. And yet they are all adaptations of books or short stories. Interesting. And he clear, I mean, he clearly puts his own spin and vision into it. But. A lot of them also are collaborations with the original authors. Mm -hmm. Like Arthur C. Clarke um, co-wrote the screenplay to 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. He actually wrote the screenplay and the novel at the same time. Hmm. Um, wow. He also collaborated with the author of the story that Full Metal Jacket is based on. He co-wrote the mm -hmm. script with him. Um, and then there was one more... Uh, obviously, The Shining is the exception because <laughs> Stephen King hated the movie famously. Hmm. Honestly, if your if your Stephen King adaptation is disliked by Stephen King, it's probably a good movie. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the rubric. As, like yeah. King, I love you, oh, Kubrick. but oh, right, yeah. <laughs> myth. Oh, myth. and um, <laughs> uh, his movie Lolita. The script was written yeah. by the original author Vladimir Nabokov. Um, so, and that's something that you don't really see in today's Hollywood. Normally, a, now a studio will just buy the rights and then get their own team of writers hmm. to do passes on and treatments it on it. Yeah. Um, so it would be like it unthinkable, basically, unless you're someone <laughs> like George R. R. Martin to be the original author and to have that much input on the story. Rowling was really involved in the. Harry Potter movies as well. Yeah. You have to be like someone of that caliber. Yeah. Not necessarily quality universe. wise, but yeah. 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 I'm not talking about today. <laughs> universe? Yeah. You know, universe? Obviously. Something that's canon to something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So we'll get into Kubrick here. So he was interested in photography, still photography from a young age. And he kind of got his start as in uh, in visual media, selling a photo to Look Magazine at age 16. 
And Look Magazine, you'll remember, is the magazine that Ralphie's mom reads in A Christmas Story. Right. Very yes. popular in the 40s and 50s. Basically, oh, it's, it's like Instagram for the 40s and 50s, essentially. Yeah. Nice. Um, so he started being a photographer. Um, I haven't seen his first three movies, which were Fear and Desire, Killer's Kiss, and The Killing. Um so I can't really speak to those. I do want to see them some at some point. He famously uh, basically pulled the movie Fear and Desire, wouldn't let it be distributed anywhere. I'm guessing because like he thought it was bad quality, didn't live up to his other works. But, you know, it's his yeah. first movie. Like Johnny Depp, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> so his first... Uh, what would be considered like his first major motion picture is Paths of Glory, which he made. He directed at age 28. It stars Kirk Douglas. This is an amazing movie. It's a anti-war movie set in World War One. Um, it kind it's kind of like a war movie, but also a courtroom drama where it follows um, Kirk Douglas's character is trying to defend um, his troops who are being tried for cowardice when they basically don't want to get out of the trench and charge. <laughs> so it's like a few good men. It's kind of like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of similar to that. Um, but this movie, one cool thing about hit that movie is um, it has, it's kind of famous for these long tracking shots of the camera going down these trenches following Kirk Douglas and in, in his perspective. And you can really see like that um, technique is used over and over by Kubrick, the long tracking mm -hmm. shots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really focuses on the futility and the stupidity of war and just the utter obliviousness and cruelty of the ruling class. And those are also themes that come up again and again in his mm -hmm. movies. I gotta say, like, that seems mm -hmm. like, like that looms large <laughs> over his whole body. Yeah. Like, just like kind of the cruelty of man or, um, what do you want to say? Like the futility of man. Yes. Futility. Um, and I'll, I, I'll just go ahead and say right now, I think like the major themes that I see in all of his works are like mostly like man versus the unknowable or like the nature of the unknowable, the horror of the unknowable, um, whether that's like space or the ruling class or war itself um or like the supernatural too say or the supernatural yeah it's a lot of a, a lot of uh themes in his movies are like trying to express the unexpressible or trying to grapple with things that humans can't really understand mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of like what the message was behind clockwork orange other than just yeah, I'll, I'll also say right now, I don't have much to say about Clockwork Orange and Barry Lyndon. I didn't really like those movies. Um, I haven't seen them more than once. Not many people like Lyndon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get to fun. Barry Lyndon in a little bit, though. Um, so after Paths of Glory, um, Kirk Douglas hired him to replace their director on the movie Spartacus. Um, they had started filming for three days. Um, and then Kirk brought Douglas or brought Kubrick in to take over. And he was working with Lawrence Olivier, Kirk Douglas, Charles Lawton, these three legendary actors. Um, and he's, you know, 30 at this time. 
crazy, crazy. Um, he was hired after shooting had already started. Um, and this kind of experience of working as a director for hire and kind of working for the producer slash star in Kirk Douglas, that really solidified his desire to, okay, I just want to do my own stuff and have final cut and have final sound everything from now on. Mm -hmm. Which is great if you can pull that off. Uh, not many directors get to that point in their career. But luckily, Spartacus was so successful and so well-received um, that he was able to kind of cash in uh, that in order to make his next project, Lolita. Hold it. Yeah. Yeah. So Lolita, I don't know if any of you have ever read the book or seen the um, Kubrick movie. I read the book. Oh, did you? I haven't read the book. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. What did you think of the book? Um, it was kind of a while ago that I that I read it. Um, it was it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, like because you know the general story of Lolita, it's middle aged man gets like absolutely obsessed with this preteen girl right. who just absolutely manipulates him. But it 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 was it was kind of odd because it's not graphic at all. You know, it doesn't really mm -hmm. go into. I think it will. It's not really doesn't really linger on pedophilia at all, but it is just kind of like a tragic story, and the ending is is off as well. I don't, yeah. I don't know how the movie ends, but... Um, I think the movie basically follows the book exactly. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. I wish I could have... I wish I had the time to just re-watch all of his movies before doing this, <laughs> but no, there was no way. Um, yeah. But the movie is actually... It, like you said, like it's not what you expect it to be. The movie mm -hmm. is actually really funny in parts. Uh, it's kind of a dark, dark humor, but it's really fun. It's, you have Peter Sellers in it too, who is incredible. Um, James Mason is really funny mm -hmm. too. As what's his name? Humphrey Humphrey. Hum, uh, Humbert name? Humbert. Humphrey Humbert. I knew it was repeating. Yeah, Humbert Humbert. Yeah, <laughs> he's incredibly funny. And then yeah. there's just the performance by Shelley Winters as Lolita is mind blowing. How just, old do you think she was? Uh, I. I should have looked it up. I think she was like 16, though. 16. Um, yeah. Just incredible screen presence. Uh, unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. And the fact that she could do it at that age. Yeah. Just Some kids just have that. Man. They do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have kind of <laughs> come to the point where like, I kind of feel like kids just shouldn't be in movies anymore because it just has a tendency to fuck up their whole lives. Yeah. Uh, there's maybe a way to do it right, you know, if you have the right policies in place and their parents are involved in the right way. Uh, but it's just so risky. Mm. Um, but I am glad that that movie exists because it is really incredible. I, it's also black and white. It's very of its time. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of weird in the 50s movies when you have a director who will like go from a color movie like Spartacus to a black and white movie to another black and white movie, to a color movie. It's a kind of a weird time when things could go back and forth. Um, so, the, and Lolita was actually really uh, controversial at the time of its release, obviously. Um, sure. Yeah. But it was successful. The book was massively successful when it came out. Um, and that kind of helped it too. It did manage to do pretty well. Um, he after that he made Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned Stopped Worrying and Learned to Love the Atomic Bomb, hilarious black movie, white. another mm -hmm. black and white movie, 
This was a movie that I remember being so annoyed with as a kid because I felt like everyone who liked it was just being pretentious. Uh, I didn't get the humor. I just thought it was silly and dumb. Um, but as as I get older, it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier. Kind of yeah. a weird, like, hard to follow, I guess, movie series going from Doctor Strange Love to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that... Uh, it's continuity like, yeah the continu- i like see what they're going with it's kind of like um like the remember the titans and then clash of the titans let's <laughs> get those confused it's like and then titan ae where's that it's yeah. a weird <laughs> series you know? yeah 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 it's jumping all over the place yeah, yeah. uh then titan out of nowhere um and the prequel team titans <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> Um, it's insane to me that Dr. Strangelove is made by the same person who made The Shining. <laughs> it's bizarre as well. Just like, but like such different tone. But it's like the, the for me, Kubrick is um, like, when I think of Kubrick, I think of visual imagery. Right. And, and that really does make sense with him being a photographer. Mm-hmm. Like, because he just has that eye. He's like, so meticulous. Yes, like almost any of his movies, you could pause any frame and it's right. just composed perfectly. Like that could be a photo because everything is in its place. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I think of. So even if tonally his movies can be different visually, it's generally still very just stunning yeah. throughout. And Dr. Strange Love does have elements of that, but it really is more of a, like, let's just set Peter Sellers loose. Yeah, and just tr- yeah. leave the cameras running. Because he plays like what three characters? <laughs> I think it's Two? three. Three? Yeah, I think it's three. I have to see it again, but yeah. And it's it's funny because like people talk about Kubrick as like you know OCD obsessive movie makes movies Boxes. about machines. He was a hoarder, also. Yeah, that documentary. <laughs> yeah. A warehouse of boxes that his wife and three daughters have secluded, reclusive, you know, mm-hmm. antisocial. Mm-hmm. No, the guy was hilarious. He, I mean, he made one of the funniest movies of all time. Um, it's just uh, people's perception of him get way out of whack. I feel like he had a sick, crazy sense of humor, as evidenced in really all of his movies, but especially this one. There's there's so much humor in all of his movies if you know how to look for it and if your tastes are cynical enough. Um, so Doctor Strange Love also massively successful. I mean, I'm just gonna say that about basically all of his movies, but it's it's also weird to think that like he te- he keeps taking these wildly varied swings and each one is a hit and aud- massive audiences love it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially mm-hmm. with his next movie, 2001: A Space Odyssey. So this movie was critically panned when it was released initially. Mm-hmm. But what saved it was younger audiences going to see it and loving it and word of mouth spreading. And then there was a critical reappraisal of it, seeing just how incredible and meticulous and groundbreaking it was. I've heard this movie kind of described as the Grand Canyon of movies, like Ooh. What is there to really say about it? You just look I at like it. I like that. Yeah. 
I well, here's the thing with 2001 um, versus the Grand Canyon. Um, I don't know if the Grand Canyon can like lull me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. The way that <laughs> I mean that in the most endearing way possible. Yeah. There's nothing like turning on Space Odyssey because the first moments are like visually stimulating, but also the tonally relaxing. And then you get like there's so much music and then just very womb like atmosphere setting in a lot of tones, you know. Yes. Very easy to fall asleep to. Yeah. And that is kind of my complaint with the movie is like <laughs> I, it's I'm, a complaint and I'm going to be brutally honest throughout this. I like I like all of, I like most of his movies. I don't like all of them and I don't like every part of all of them. Like 2001, it I feel like on rewatches, it kind of becomes less than the sum of its parts where like you can recognize the genius in these individual segments. Um, but then you run into like the glorified screensaver at the end, uh, the glacially slow pacing, which is another thing that will come up again and again with Kubrick's movies. Um, two different movies. Yeah. <laughs> You kind of just have to, I mean, the ideal watching experience is like in a theater watching a yes. 70 millimeter print of it. It just doesn't translate as well watching it at home. Um, but when you're in that circumstance and seeing it for the first time, ideally, too, um, is mind blowing. But it the, the magic gets lost on repeated viewings for me, at least for not for everyone. Um, it is a very groundbreaking movie. Um the special effects you could do your own whole podcast just about the special effects in the movie they built an entire ferris wheel type set for the space station that rotates mm -hmm. so they walk along the ground of it to simulate the artificial gravity um and it has the most possibly the most creative shot in film history um the famous bone where moon watcher awesome. the man ape um discovers how to use bones as tools, as weapons, and um, after touching the monolith, and he beats back the other tribe of man-apes, and then there's a shot of him triumphantly throwing his bone into the sky, and as the bone is falling back down to Earth, there's a smash cut to a oblong space station in orbit falling, and so it, it shows man's first tool, the bone, to cutting to the height of man's tool making, the space station. They're both tools falling through space. They're both oblong objects. The symbolism really, it, I mean, it really beats you over the head with it if you look at it for more than a few minutes, but it's really just a stunning shot. Do we think that's why the. No, do we think that's why the satellite of love on MST3K is shaped like a bone? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because of that shot. Yeah, of course, absolutely. you can't. I'd be remiss not to mention History of the World Part 2. Yeah. Part 1. Yeah. That, that whole thing of like space. Well, a lot. There's a lot of movies that riff on 2001. Uh, it seemed yeah. like for a while, like every movie was taking a bite out of it, um, which for good reason. It's like, it's like the movie's movie. It's like the, in some ways, the ultimate cinema movie. Grand Canyon. And it's, I've also, it's like the Grand Canyon. I've also heard it described yeah. as like the, the most successful experimental film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Freaky Friday's up there, but yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Sure. Riley, have you seen 2001? I can't remember. Uh, no. No. Uh, Do you worth know? A wa- worth, worth a watch. Worth a watch. Yeah. Do you know the part about like uh, the robot Hal? Where he's like, open the pod bay doors, Hal. I can't do that. Or I've probably when seen he's that, singing yeah. Daisy. Yeah. Daisy. <laughs> yeah. Daisy. And shutting it's down. Yeah. Robots. Do they reference that in robots? This they do that. Uh, on there. I don't know who's well, referencing it's, it's who, but it's on there everywhere. Well, Hal also yeah. says, "See a need, fill a need." Does he really? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Back does he? kind of back to the but tool he does, thing. Though. Yeah. <laughs> back to the <laughs> tool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean. Call me crazy here, but because crazy. I have been called cra- okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but a tool would be like a screwdriver. Well, if well, you pare it down to the barest essence, because like a bone, what is a bone gonna do? A bone, well, it's a weapon. What hammer you something can hit, in? You can hit something with it yeah. without hurting yourself. Yeah, it's okay. an extension of your arm. Yeah. I guess that makes sense in kind of an abstract <laughs> way, sure. But like, okay, so a space station. That would be closer to like, I don't know, a building than a tool. Yes, but it's still... I don't know where still... this guy's going with this. <laughs> you can disagree, oh, it's fine. Like, okay, that's a stretch. You can disagree yeah, with it's the master kind of, of filmmaking, Kubrick. Ends. Yeah, I don't know. I think he should so make what, like what a... Was... Mr. Fantastic movie with how much stretching he's doing here. <laughs> okay. Dude. So what was after 2001? After yeah. 2001, uh, he makes Clockwork Orange. Right. Also an adaptation of a novel. Um, now, th- the one thing I will say about this movie is Malcolm McDowell is an incredible. Um, he plays Alex, the lead is character. The okay. mm-hmm. uh, he's the guy who's obsessed with the old ultraviolence. Uh, needs a little of the old Ludwig von. The the dialogue and the narration in this movie is great because it's this whole made up lingo from uh, Burroughs, I think the author. Um, it's like made up words that it doesn't really tell you what it means, but through context, you kind of get what they're saying. Um, it's I mean it's a it's a good movie. I just didn't didn't grab me the same as his other movies. Um, doesn't have the same. Coming, especially coming after like a movie like 2001, doesn't have the same grandiose uh, feel, which uh, probably was intentional. Um, yeah. the, one notable thing about this movie also was um, it got this movie got blamed for a lot of like gang violence and cr- criminal activity in uh, England, and Kubrick was so uh, concerned about this, and he was facing such criticism of it he actually convinced the studio to pull the movie from theaters in england which is like unheard of only someone like kubrick could do something like that you know in the in the month after his movie was released um but the studio said okay we'll do it because they cared so much about keeping kubrick happy like they knew what a good thing they had with him this was warner brothers yeah. This was back when Warner Brothers gave a shit. Yeah. Um wasn't killing Cartoon Network. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of all we'll say about uh Clockwork Orange. And then after that, mm-hmm. Barry Lyndon. Uh mm-hmm. the unique thing about this movie was the lighting. 
was all lit using natural light, candles, sunlight. Uh, very hard thing to do. It's kind of to the point of like, why would you do that even? <laughs> Like it's so hard. Challenge. The challenge is part of it for sure. He also like had to use and develop special cameras to be able to do this. Um, it the filming took forever. Um, but I you have to admit, just like looking at shots from this movie, it is so painterly and so ornate. It is a gorgeously shot movie, uh, and there's really nothing like it ever since. Um, yeah. That being said, it is a snooze fest. The main character is so boring. Uh, his performance is so dull. It, I mean, this has all been said before, but I just could not yeah. get into it. Um, this is Martin Scorsese's favorite Stanley Kubrick movie. Take that however you will. Um, I think he's just trying to be ornery. He's just, yeah, he's trying to be... Yeah. Trying to be different, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, gorgeously shot and lit movie. Also boring as hell is what I had in my notes for that. Uh, but after that, we have another wild swing. Oh, it also won four Oscars. Um, after that, another wild shift in tone to The Shining. This is a lot of people's uh -huh. biggest exposure to Kubrick, I think. Yeah. Um, huge performances from Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. Uh, I think maybe the scariest movie ever made. Hmm. Hmm. I have to chew on that for a if bit. If not, like, it, not so much in, like, jump scares. No, no, no. But, yeah, like, psychologically. psychologically, existentially, it really puts you in a distressing place <laughs> in the Overlook it Hotel. Is, it's so overbearing. Just, so I, I get it in that way. I also think it's a comment on, and this is why Stephen King didn't like it, uh, because in the movie, um, Jack Nicholson's character is kind of from the get-go portrayed as like not really like he's unstable yeah, already, yeah. right? You know, um, whereas in the book, he's to totally a normal guy. Mm -hmm. So it's like dropping this guy in this environment just like fully just takes out all the screws that were already loose for this guy and he's just yeah run amok it's just in a matter movie, of time it's, it's just, yeah right he was a ticking time bomb yeah in, in the book he's a normal guy influenced by the hotel at the very end has a moment of clarity that saves that it ends up being um really okay. positive okay but um like if you haven't read the book of the shining or the sequel uh, dr sleep the movie's a different story it's still okay but the book dr sleep is also still really good yeah um, definitely worthwhile as like a follow-up but it is a very scary movie very scary so yes riley have you seen the shining um i got too scared halfway through <laughs> did you really there you go that's proof <laughs> that is proof it's a spooky movie um and part of it is uh so part of it is just jack nicholson's performance is he's just kind of terrifying scary he's scary anyway. on a good day carry on a good day. yeah if absolutely but another part Ooh. of it well another part of it is like the imagery of like uh, the little sisters holding hands which is just scary in any sense um yeah, the lady in the bathtub the lady in the bathtub the elevator full of blood uh, 
Okay. Oh, yeah. And just like even little Danny, I mean, we're experiencing it through his eyes right. for the most part. You take just... take the most vulnerable character and put them in mm-hmm. this most threatening. And they are the lens. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but another thing that I think really adds to the spookiness of this movie is the use of the steady cam shots. And this is something that was just being developed at the time um, and really used really well in this movie to where normally for these tracking shots of the camera following characters down these hallways, you would need either a track system to level out, keep the camera level and steady, or you would need like uh, flyaway walls <clears throat> where like basically only one wall in the hallway is there and you're, tracking from the side so that you know you have the arm or the dolly um on the other side of the camera but for this they were able to use the steady cam which is a rig that someone it's like a harness where it lets you walk with the camera and keep the camera perfectly steady and it gives it this really unnatural uh uncanny feeling of just this unseen this 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 you're kind of placed in the world with the characters as this otherworldly presence almost with them getting to see things and you are trapped by those hallways just as much as they are uh brilliantly brilliantly conceived and done for this movie mm-hmm. um and at as i said kind of earlier it cements this theme in kubrick's best works of exploring the unknowable Like who knows how that house, how that hotel was built, man. Right. We yeah. Don't know. Those hallways don't make sense. And like a lot of, I feel like a lot of movies in general and horror movies now, they try to, you know, explain the backstory of like, oh, this is why this character is so fucked up. But it's we more for that. We we honestly. want it. We do. But it's yeah. more. It's and Kubrick understood that it's more powerful to leave these things unknown, to leave an air of mystery scarier. over them. Scarier, scarier. for sure. Because mm-hmm. anything, anything we show on screen is going to be less scary than what we are afraid of appearing <laughs> without seeing anything. Our minds like, can uh, dream up. Don't show it kind of thing. Right. Or like keep it hidden. Don't show the monster. Cause what we imagine right. is going to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so after The Shining, Kubrick moves on to Full Metal Jacket. Uh, mm. This movie has become legendary for the performance of R. Lee Ermey, who was a real-life drill sergeant cast as a drill sergeant in the movie. Um, yes. And this was a extensive collaboration between him and Kubrick to create basically his lines and his part. Where And it was kind of similar to... Um, the Peter Sellers in Dr. Strangelove where they just kind of let him go with the flow and ad lib some lines just to kind of portray what it really was like as a drill instructor or as a new, you know, as a soldier in training. Mm -hmm. And that is (laughs) his lines are really funny on one level, but also scary on another level. And especially with how the, that sequence of the movie ends. <coughs> it's really unsettling. I won't spoil it, but um, I was gonna say that that whole movie was very uncomfortable for me to watch. It's uncomfortable, and yet you want to laugh in certain parts too. Yeah, 
and that makes you uncomfortable horror honestly like it makes the dark parts darker and the funny parts funnier we're looking for that release yeah so i love it when horror films can can play those two yeah funny and horrible i don't have a too too much else to say about this movie i do like this movie but it doesn't stand out as much to me um as with other ones but i did want to say at this point in his career kubrick is obviously a a legend already and Mm -hmm. the production times on his movies are getting longer and longer and longer um he's always had the reputation of being a perfectionist um Mm -hmm. and in this documentary that i was watching um one of the people they interviewed said um you know usually when someone calls someone a perfectionist it's just a nice way of saying they're an asshole but and kubrick could be an asshole for sure but he said that Kubrick was actually a perfectionist <laughs> where he wouldn't settle for anything less. And that's why his shoots took so long and his actors would just have to do the same shot over and over and over and over. I'm pretty sure that he like broke Shelley. He broke Shelley Duvall. Absolutely. Like the, the poor woman. Yeah. I mean, it, it paid off, but yeah, that was, I think, he later apologized to her she was interviewed in this so i watched the documentary a life in pictures about stanley kubrick Uh um and she was interviewed in the documentary and she said yeah it was awful uh yeah i wouldn't do it again but (laughs) she seemed to like look back on it kind of fondly in a way too it was kind of it i mean everything with kubrick is complicated because he had He could be, you know, an ally and he could let you, you know, like he, if he trusted your judgment, he would give you free reign to, you know, come up with stuff. But at the same time, you had, you had to get it right. right. Um, and I think part of it, this is just my gut sense is with Shelley Duvall is he was going for that, you know, thing where you just try to piss off the actors to get a good performance out of them to get the shot, to get the yeah. shot which is something that act- directors do. And, you know, you can argue the ethics of it. Uh, yeah, I guess the performance was good, but I don't know if it's ultimately worth it or not. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, can I do it? Yeah. So full metal jacket took forever to make. Um, the long production cycles also started to affect like what projects he was choosing to create also. Uh, so like he had wanted to do a Napoleon movie for a long time, did a lot of research on it. Yeah. So, and they were ready to start shooting in Romania. And then this movie Waterloo comes out flops, their funding pull, uh, gets pulled out and they can't do the movie. So if he had maybe <laughs> pounced on it a little sooner before this other movie comes out and flops, Maybe we could have gotten that Napoleon movie. You know, it's so much in the movie business is like that, where it's an issue of Um, timing and what other movies are coming out and what the studio think audiences want to see. It's 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 uh, all weird. Um, Okay, so after Full Metal Jacket, we come to Kubrick's last movie, my favorite of his movies, Eyes Wide Shut, probably his most underrated. Have, I just watched. Have any of you? Oh, okay. Have any of you have have either of you watched it, Alex I, O'Reilly? I've wanted to watch it, but I just never gotten around to it. You should watch it. It's really good. I, we literally, I like literally watched it like last weekend. Did you really? What? So, it what did you think fresh. of it? Um, a kind of disappointingly less sex and nudity right? than I wanted. I was like, yeah, and then I was like, all right. 
it ends up being like a tame episode of an hbo show kind of yeah i was like (laughs) why are you cutting this stuff out yeah but to certain to make a callback to nicole kidman um she was incredible i said we were gonna come back to her i i don't think the scene will ever leave me where it's her monologue about saying that she's never she's never cheated Mm -hmm. on her husband but she would have right she absolutely no regrets would have had she like actually had the guy that she had a, a crush on at the event that they were at um had she followed she like totally would have followed through with it had the opportunity presented itself yeah meanwhile like i think it was uh the performance by um tom cruise was like okay i think honestly they could have gotten anybody to see but they couldn't literally he's but they couldn't and i'll tell you why Why? because so this is a movie about marriage about it's about many things but one of them is about marriage fidelity and fidelity fidelio being the password to the house Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman married at the time of filming. Okay, I was wondering. Yes, so that's a big part of it. Tom Cruise also... So this movie, people's people's expectations for this movie, like you said, are so different than what it actually is. This, mm-hmm. is a, this movie is actually a comedy in a lot of ways. So Tom Cruise is... I said that about every one of these movies. I mean, yeah, pretty much. But you're not wrong. You're not. So you're think not of it wrong. this way. So Tom Cruise at this time, this is the year 1999. Tom Cruise mm-hmm. has been in Mission Impossible, mm. Top Gun. You know, uh-huh. he's A-list movie star, as A-list as it comes. You know, mm-hmm. um, heterosexual man, white man. Uh, in this whole movie, he he's he continually gets so close to having sex, and then mm-hmm. something happens. Uh-huh. He gets so close to having sex and then someone else comes in, you know, whatever happens. There's whatever. Yeah. It's a movie about, it's a movie making fun of Tom Cruise starring Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise has no idea. I, I, yeah. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But another part of it is, so it's a movie making fun of Scientology as well. So at this time, Tom Cruise, yes is in Scientology. Nicole Kidman is in Scientology. Um, famously a secretive cult. Um, there's just so many layers and layers and layers to this movie. Um, and it's, But it's also about this Kubrickian, the nature of power and the unknowable upper echelons of society and the mm-hmm. weird shit that they get up to. Um, and more maybe than any other theme in the movie, it's about money. So the main character's name is Bill. The first line of dialogue in the movie is, honey, have you seen my wallet? Whenever he go, hmm. all of the, di- almost all the dialogue is about, has, you know, should we discuss the money? How much is this, you know, have we discussed the billing issue with the patient? Over and over and over, money comes up in the movie. Huh. I hadn't thought about that. There's a lot to glean from this movie if you watch it carefully. And like I said, it's also just really, really funny too. Um, the The main scene that I always come back to in this movie is between Tom Cruise and Sidney Pollack, who is also a director. Um, he plays uh, Mr. Ziegler. 
Um, they have a conversation in the pool room at Ziggler's house where Ziggler kind of tells Tom Cruise, no, this was all just a gag. It's just a party that we do. You know, that woman who sacrificed herself for you, she just, you know, had a fun night and then went home. That's all that it was. And this whole, and then he bangs the, um, pool ball on the table um he bangs it on the table a few times and that is a reference to the rod that the master of ceremonies of the cult society he will bang it on the ground so it suggests that ziggler was the kind of head honcho of that whole Ah. cult thing that's one theory anyway but interesting so that was kubrick's last movie he died like in a matter of weeks after it was released, there was kind of the sense of like, he was just holding it together until that movie could come out. <laughs> what did he die from? Uh, I think like a heart attack or natural causes, something like that. Yeah. I mean, he was not a healthy individual. He looked like he shit. Looked at him. He, can you imagine? He probably never slept. Yeah. I think that was, you know? yeah. A lot of people said and that like about working, him. And like working, you know, 25, eight, yeah. you know what I mean? So this so. this segment already went pretty long, but I'll just say, um, yeah, Stanley Kubrick, the director's director, um, all of his movies are worthwhile. I think it's a really fascinating to take them all in one gulp, kind of, and consider the themes that went through them. Um, okay. Whatever, and another thing to note is, like, whatever director that we look at next, a lot of their films are going to be coming after or referencing or inspired by a lot of Kubrick's movies as well. So that's something to take into account. Or another. Yeah. 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 He definitely left a mark. Yep. Well, great work, Josh. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah good. Good Always, always a pleasure to hear what Josh thinks about big stuff like that. Thank you. Listening to it. Uh-huh. Um, to kind of just ride the tailwinds of that i have a game for you guys for our puzzle segment to kind of uh loosen up your brains a little bit um this game has a long history in our family it never really had a name other than maybe the imdb game oh where it's it takes it takes a takes a, a page from six degrees of kevin bacon except you just open it up and you have to connect a pair of actors in as few movies as possible. And generally, okay. uh, and I'm going to apply this rule here, no TV shows allowed, only movies. Are we um, able to use the movie JFK? Because that is a big linchpin of a lot of Six Degree of Kevin Bacon because everyone so, is in that movie. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say, if you can connect any actor to Harry Potter... Yeah, that's a big one, you're too. Done. You're done. You know, <laughs> like, you're good. You're home free. Yeah. You know... But Harry Potter's a big one. Adventures um, Endgame. And nowadays, any, pretty much anybody in the in the Marvel, any movie in the Marvel universe, and you're good to go. But um, just to give you guys an example for <coughs> anyone listening, um, so let's connect Daniel Radcliffe to Sally Field. So Daniel was in Swiss Army Man with Paul Dano, who was in There Will Be Blood with Daniel Day-Lewis, who was in Lincoln with Sally Field. So simple, okay. just in the dots. Okay, so... Um, I have a couple for you guys. Uh, first pair is Ana de Armas to Tom Hanks. Okay. 
And there are, there are many ways. There's no necessarily one right answer. I have how I did it, but okay. uh, so, you guys can go. So I'm thinking Anna is with uh, is in Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. and that gives us Harrison Ford. Okay. Um, or Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Uh, well, I realized they were both in Gray Man too, actually. Well, yes, that's now. true. What about like? What about like Knives Out? Yeah, maybe Knives Out is better. Knives so out. Knives Out with Daniel Craig, um, or Chris Evans. <laughs> that's right. Well, she's also in Gray Man with him, so. <laughs> Chris um, Evans is oh, such a reunion movie, wasn't it? Chris Evans oh. is Buzz Lightyear, and surely, but like... there's no crossover there. Well, hold there's on, because there's nobody like else. The, uh... John Ratzenberger, yeah. <laughs> is, he in Lightyear? is he in Lightyear, though? Surely He's gotta he be, is. right? He's still alive, He's right? Probably some, some alien. <laughs> yes, he is still alive. Yeah. Um, let's think, though, because that's like uh, there's, three. There's gotta be a way to do Tom Hanks to Harrison Ford, though. Um, I'm blanking mm-hmm. on Tom Hanks movies. Forrest Gump. Um. Oh, actually. Oh, here we go. So Ana de Armas with Robin Wright in Blade Runner 2049, and then Robin Wright in F- Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks. Yes, that is the avenue I took yeah. as well. It's got to be I the fastest one to one. That that's the fastest I found as well. Um, and I'd be very impressed if you. Some of these are a bit long, and I I I'll be impressed if you guys find shorter links okay um next one up oscar isaac to woody harrelson Ooh, rubbing my hands together uh oscar isaac to woody harrelson Mm. Mm oh okay so star wars yeah right (laughs) star wars is a great place that might be a that might be a dead end though woody harrelson is in solo though but no one else in solo is in any other what about star wars stuff right or something I haven't seen Solo. Is C-3PO in it? He's no, he's on Tatooine so, at that point in yeah. the story. Come on. Well, and you can also about, like, like who was playing C-3PO? The same guy? He's dead, right? Is he dead? Right? No, I think he's, he's dead. Still alive. I don't know. Don't take I think word, he is but... still alive. Uh, and I don't know his name anyway, so that wouldn't count. Yeah, so that what about is... like it's like Anthony Williams, I think is actually his name, but whatever. What about like um so Oscar Isaac is in. Well, let's go Cohen. Force. Let's go Cohen no, Brothers. I got it. I got it. He's okay, in okay. Force okay. Awakens. And Force Awakens has the new Chewbacca actor named like Jonas something. And Solo well, has. If you don't know his name, can't use it. Yeah, I can't. Nope. It's I don't know. Jonas Suatomo, I think. <laughs> okay. He's the new Chewbacca actor that replaced the old okay. guy. Okay. I'm trying to and see where he goes. Chewbacca's in Solo, too. And Will well, Harrelson is in Solo. Okay, Georgia, can we get a fat fact check on that? Did he uh, get the name oh, right? Oh. Well, just tell us if out. we got the name what right did you say or wrong. It was Solo. <coughs> a Star Wars yeah, it was Force story. Awakens to Solo, so it was one. <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> Junas Suatomo. Yeah, hey, you got it. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So the route I took was. We don't care. Oscar Next question. In... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fascinating okay, journey. Okay, yeah, Shut I up. want to hear it. Okay, 
inside Lewin Davis yep, with Justin Timberlake, who is in the social network with Jesse Eisenberg, who is in Zombieland with Woody Oh, Harris. okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's so good. The next one should we do, for the next one, should we do like no Star Wars and no MCU? <laughs> yeah, we can, can try. That. Okay, next one up Parker Posey to Michael Caine. Hmm. Who's Parker, Parker Posey? Posey. She she's is... one of those faces where once she's never really mm. had a movie to herself, but she's done a, a little of a lot. So she she was in that newest Lost in Space series, right? She was. Yeah, <laughs> she was good. She I'm... was in a lot of Christopher Guest movies, like all right, of them, right, think, okay, all of the Christopher Guest movies. Um, she's done a lot of TV, but remember, no TV, no TV involved. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her and what was the other one? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Okay. This might be a little tricky. This is a tough. Yeah, well, that's where it starts getting hard. So Nolan movies have uh, yeah pretty um diverse cast. Nolan and and all with Michael Caine. Yeah, almost. Nolan was another director that I thought of doing. It was either Nolan, Wes, Ridley Scott, Spielberg, Cohen. Cohen. Nolan would be good because he doesn't have a smartphone. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Think of a Christopher Guest movie. Those have a bunch of people in them. Yeah. John Michael Higgins. Um, What were they in together? Best in show, I want to say, right? Was she in that one? Pretty much. Um, yes, she was in Best in Show. Yes, she was. She was. She was. Uh, they had the Weimar or no, the uh, the Dalmatian with the toy. I need to watch that movie Remember? again, man. Yeah, that the movie's so good. Yeah. Um, hmm. Me having been in the pet industry, it's so spot on. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they say um spinal tap like musicians say it's almost sad like how realistic it is yeah yeah i feel the same way about best in show how do they but, know this about all these different subjects i don't know have what? you have you seen for your consideration it's no is that good it's good it's not like as good but it's still funny it's still yeah. funny i really i enjoyed it yeah um was she in waiting for guffman I don't know about that one. I don't know. I haven't seen that that one. might be before her. I'll give you. I'll give you the starter. Parker was in a Mighty Wind. Okay. With. Um. Catherine O'Hara. Okay. Catherine O'Hara was in Beetlejuice. Uh, with. Let's see, probably either Winona Ryder or. Alec Baldwin would be how we'd go. Okay. Oh, uh, well, I mean, there's also the um, uh, the Batman connection there, but different yeah. Batman. <laughs> um, I don't know. Any help, Alex? I know a writer. That's kind of a Tim Burton connection. Yeah, Winona's pretty big. Um. I'm trying to think of all the movies. Well, Winona was in uh, Edward Scissorhands with uh, Johnny Depp. Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, was Johnny Depp ever in anything with Michael Caine? Yeah, I don't think so. Was he in anything with 
like um I mean, you guys are going off of what i was so i'm trying okay to go down this rabbit hole too was he anything in anything with um what do you think of his name um you know batman yeah from batman Begins. christian bale what's his name christian, was he in anything with christian bale or um oh was i mean was he in anything with andy circus you know that would be a big connection what has michael kane and andy circus been in together um pretty sure they were both in uh uh the, uh, the, the movie about um magic i think the prestige like... andy circus wasn't yeah. in that was he I'll which, fact um, <laughs> which, you're thinking of Hugh Jackman. Which no, direction did we? <laughs> which direction did we come from with um, Johnny Depp? So you, so Johnny Depp was in Edward Scissorhands with Winona Ryder. Who was in Beetlejuice with Catherine O'Hara? Who yeah. was in uh, Mighty Wind with yeah. Parker Posey? So okay, okay. I'll I got it. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, so. Sherlock, um, Sherlock Gnomes is a movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Johnny Depp okay. and okay. Michael Caine. Okay. Nice. Okay. So we got it there in it four. Is. Nice. So I did it in Parker was in a mighty wind with Eugene Levy, who okay. was in cheaper by the dozen two with Bonnie Hunt, who was in cars two with Michael Caine. Oh, okay. Okay. The sequel game. We, strong. Josh and I like to include an animated movie though. So. <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, cars yeah, cars too. Yeah, that doesn't so... count though. <laughs> so... Okay, so cars are real. Pixar. Cars are real. Yeah. So. so next one, Marlon Brando to Nicolas Cage. I want to do a late actor to a current actor. So... I definitely have a lead that could help us out here. Okay. I recently found out yesterday, I think that. Um, Bill Hader voices the little soccer ball orange droid in Star Wars. So that might. Oh, you're, yeah. He said that on like a late night show, didn't voices. he? Yeah. So if that helps us somewhere in yeah. between, I don't know. Maybe. Does it count if he's not credited, though? <laughs> sure it does. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, I'll take it. I, I for trust Bill. Bill we'll do it for Bill. Yeah. I trust. I trust. Um, okay. So we got to start with Godfather, right? Um, yeah. Godfather or um Well the Godfather is a big cast. What was so. the other oh, I'm blanking on the name. Apocalypse Now. Irishman? Yeah. Help, no. help out, no. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm thinking Brando. Um yeah. but let, we should we should do Godfather because then we get uh, Al Pacino. Um who is the other one besides Brando? I'm sorry. That's Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to really stretch this one. Oh man. Um well we could go Bonnie Hunt again in uh uh Racing Arizona. Oh. Wasn't she Bonnie Hunt? Or was that Helen Hunt? That was Helen Hunt, sorry. That's, yeah. Um Are they related? Different hunts. Oh. They're not they're related. Okay. And then Helen Hunt in Incredibles. Um Okay, okay. All Incredibles right. two has uh bob odenkirk that's right yep okay all right um i love if it that's anything I don't... and bob odenkirk is in he hasn't been in that many movies love odenkirk. 
Oh, shows don't count. Okay. Yeah. 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 There was a Breaking Bad movie. Was he in that? I don't know. No, that didn't have him in it. Dang it. Okay. Um, that was just. Incredibles might not be a bad. Uh, because then we got the Ratzenberger. Then we got Ratzenberger, baby. I'm the Underminer. I am beneath you, but nothing is you beneath have, me. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Yeah, yeah Ro- that's the way we Ro- go. Zone. Okay. Where is my super suit? Sam Jackson. Um, I am the greatest good, you know, but that was Sam good. Jackson to Pulp Fiction or Unbreakable. Yeah. Okay. Who is the probably who is the Pulp guy Fiction. in Unbreakable? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, thank you. Um, Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction to Tim have... Roth. No. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think of Pacino name? movies too. Hmm. I'm I'm worse with Pacino movies. Yeah. I haven't seen the, like a ton. There's the. Donnie Brasco, I guess he was with Donnie. Johnny Depp, Depp. Donnie yeah. Depp again. God. But um... James McAvoy, does he help that ending? Throwing <laughs> <laughs> names out there. Uh, I'm treading water, guys. No, we can we can work okay, in Jimmy. I'll, give you, I'll throw you, I'll throw you a bone. Turn satellite. Uh, it was, <laughs> I've got Marlon was in The Godfather with James Caan. Okay, Elf. That was the first leg. Okay. Elf with uh, Will. Um, okay. Feral. I think. Yeah, well, Feral. Or Zoe Deschanel. Um, okay. What's Zoe Deschanel with uh, Jim Carrey in Yes Man. Uh-huh. Jim Carrey to Nick Cage. Ooh. I'm really not familiar with. I just with... thought of okay. I think because like if you can make it to, I think you could almost make it to Harry Potter. Really. And then get to and then get to Nick Cage actually. Using Cause... via Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. And Justin Bartha. I don't know who Justin. They Bartha were at CBGB. Is. Riley from National Treasure. Oh, he was in CBGB. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see he that movie. He was the lead singer of the Dead Boys. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting movie. Nick Cage, it. how what if we go through National Treasure? But it worked backwards. But with John Voigt. He's been in a bunch okay. of stuff. Okay. Um he was in Deliverance, right? Who was who no else idea. was in Deliverance? Um he was in Limited John Boyd movies in my repertoire. Or we could do National Treasure, um, the president's book, or whatever the sequel was called. (laughs) The Book of Secrets. (laughs) Secrets. Um, What was the sequel called? Riley, do you remember? No. It's National Treasure. I think it's Book of Secrets. (laughs) No, that's like it. Is it re- no? Guys, you were like so close. Like oh, I made it to Zoe Deschanel yeah, and I made it to John Voight. You have to bridge them. 
Zoe <coughs> Voight okay. and Zoe Deschanel. Okay. I got yeah, it. Yeah, meet me in the middle. I yeah. got it already. You got it? Okay. Yeah. So National Treasure Book of Secrets has the uh, the guy who plays the president in it. What's his name? Gotta have the actor's name, though, or it won't you know, work. One of you knows who it is. I don't remember. Do we, though? I... Yeah, the president. He's Sean in Star Bean Trek. He's like the admiral on Star Pike. Trek. He's like Pike in the Star oh, Trek. Oh, Sean Bean. Yeah, that's another good one. Sean Bean's a good avenue. I didn't use him, but that's a way to go. Scene, scene Bond. Yeah. Scene Bean. Okay, what were you saying? Well, well I want to hear what the rest okay, of you, so what you have. the guy on well, Star Trek who's, who's the captain before uh, we'll just say Pine. Just say that we know him. Okay. We'll What's after that? that? Him. So after that... Um, you go to yeah i didn't i don't have anything okay <laughs> <laughs> you guys so... you guys want this one yeah you guys want this one okay so we have marlon who was in the godfather of james khan who was an elf with Zoe Deschanel, who was in surfs up with Kyle Buff, who was in transformers with john boyd who was in oh okay yeah i forgot yeah. about surfs up that's on me i apologize so... My dogs they seem to be exploding, but <laughs> I have one more for you guys. Ooh, okay. Okay. Hold on a sec. <laughs> On pins and needles, waiting to hear what this doozy of a puzzle will be. <laughs> okay, we've got Dwayne Johnson, Jake Johnson. Ooh. <laughs> oh, brutal. This is literally yeah. so easy that it's crazy. <laughs> Okay. And I'll tell you okay. why. Okay. Okay. So Jake Johnson is in the, uh, well, he does the music on the Curious George, right? That's so, Jack Johnson. That's Jack Johnson. Okay. Jake so Johnson is in. Yeah. That's, I was thinking yeah. of, um, Jurassic World. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, okay. He's like one of the tech guys mm -hmm. in the park. Yeah. Okay. Um, which that movie has Chris Pratt. Okay. Um, there's got to be a way to get Chris Pratt to Dwayne. Mm -hmm. Maybe through Fast movies. Um, yeah, or like the Lego Marvel. movie had a lot of people in it too. That's true. Um, let's let's uh, think about Dwayne for a What's sec. Um, Jumanji. The uh, journey um, to the to the middle of a journey to yeah. Um, oh, I got it. Jumanji, Jumanji with um, uh, Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan was in Guardians of the Galaxy with Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt was in um, whatever I just said. Jurassic World. Yeah, Jurassic you guys World. Did, you did with it. Jake in Johnson. Four. You did four. I think that was less than me, but Ooh. mine, I think, was maybe more fun. <laughs> okay. um, so Dwayne was in Fate of the Furious with Vin Diesel, who was in yep. F9, The Fast Saga with John Cena, who was, with, who was in Bumblebee with Haley Steinfeld, mm. who was in Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse with Jake Johnson. So oh, yeah. Two Fast Furious. <laughs> so you had to use two. <laughs> had to. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's all the ones I had for you guys. Always enjoy a good nice. game that was of good. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. I yeah. have an extra one for you guys. Okay. Oh no. Okay. And it's gonna be expert level difficulty. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> yes. Bring it on. So, um, 
point A to point B. It's uh, Kermit the Frog to Crow from Mystery Science Theater. (laughs) (laughs) So do we count movies that were on Mystery Science Theater? Sure. Which Crow? Not that that would matter. Crow from the movie. Kevin I mean, Corbett from the show. Or... It, just know the character. George is pulling too. out the voice actor. Yeah, yeah it's impressive. Pro. But no, we're doing like as if Kermit were an actor. An actor. Okay. And as if Kermit oh. were an actor. Can you do it? God. So, Can you about, do it? Do you have the, a solution? Oh, sh- I sure do. <laughs> think about the remake with um, Jonah Ray. All the people in it. Yeah. What's his What's his name? Where he plays? Oh, Remy. the remake of. Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, with Jonah Ray. Oh, okay. I don't know what else he's been. I don't know what I don't know what he's been. In. Like no, the oh, it also had um oh 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 Remy and Ratatouille. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Patton Oswalt. Yes, yeah. Patton. How can you? Okay. Get and then what's her face is being a forester. Oh yeah, Felicia Day or whatever. Yeah, right. Felicia Day. Yeah. So you could go Crow to Patton, then straight to Kermit. That's what you're saying? I mean, no, that's. I'm sure, I don't, maybe. So, Patton. Oh, oh, Patton was in, well, this is using a TV show, but he was in Parks and Rec, and Rashida, Rashida Jones was also in Parks mm. and Rec, and she was the bad guy in the yeah. Muppets yeah, movie. Uh, I forgot she was bad guy in that. Uh, mm-hmm. Patton was also in um, that movie with Ben Stiller. What was that called, where he's daydreaming? Oh. All the time. Oh, Walter Mitty. Wal- Secret Life of Walter. Of Walter <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of Walter yeah. Mitty's Secret Life. <laughs> That's different. That's different. Be kind. Okay. Be Walter Mitty. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he was in that yeah. with Ben Stiller. Okay. Um. Okay. Ben Stiller. Uh, Straight to Muppets, right? There's gotta be like. Within one, we can get he's, to a Muppet. He's been like Vince, Va- like Vince Vaughn. Think about is he like the to newer Muppet? Muppet movies. Tiana Muppet with like Muppets from Space. And yeah, uh, Ricky Gervais and Tina Fey. Mm. Mm. Oh Amy right, Adams maybe. Amy Adams and oh. Ben Stiller were night at the museum. That's right. Right. Yes. There it is. Yes. There it is. Nice. There it is. Yep. That was a good I'm one, Alex. Oh, thank you. Did you figure that out before? Or no. This is live. Okay. This is live. Man, we were just mm-hmm. had great faith in us. Yeah. yeah. Well, great right, episode, next guys. Next is R two D two to ET. Well, ET's only been in one movie. Yeah, and that had Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, who was in <laughs> Adam Sandler. Fifty uh, first days. She's like Sandler. Drew Barry, and I want more. Um, Adam Sandler. No, we can do it real quick. It's okay. It <laughs> Adam Sandler. See, it's hard to stop. It's hard yeah. to stop. Yeah. R two D two. R two D two. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, R2-D2 was in like the Mandalorian series that has Pedro Pascal, so if that oh, okay. helps any. Yeah, that doesn't also, help at all. Okay. Doesn't really Force help Awakens, all. one of the Stormtroopers was played by Daniel Craig. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 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 
Oh, that's so silly. Yeah. Um, that doesn't help. Um, I mean, Adam Sandler, like, think about maybe the Hangover movies or something. Okay. He was <laughs> Wait, he wasn't in that. No, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm thinking Grown Ups. Sorry. Okay, Grown Ups, yeah. <laughs> David Spade. Kevin James. For his new groove. Okay. I like where this is going. John Goodman has been uh, in a lot. John Goodman. Yeah. But has he been in uh, any movies with R2D2? <laughs> Crucially, <laughs> he has not. No, John Goodman um, has been in. Um, has he been in anything with Oscar Isaac? Actually, hmm. he was in Lewin da- Inside Lewin Davis. Was he? Yeah. Okay. With Oscar I Isaac. So. And then yeah. Oscar Isaac is so in a movie got with R2D2. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. So next so is, is Alf. Okay. <laughs> this is dismissed from Content Academy. Thank you. Alf to Pennywise, quick. Okay. Alf to Pennywise. Quick. Quick. What do we got? Bill Hader was in, was in it. Somebody stop recording. And Bill Hader was in Star Wars. Alf liked to eat cats. Okay. Okay. Uh, Taylor Swift was in okay, cats. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Class dismissed. We'll see you guys next week. Class dismissed.